Welcome to the Unpaved Path to 100K podcast, where we share our journeys of building our own physical therapy businesses from the ground up. We're your hosts. I'm Julia. And I'm Q. Join us as we take an unfiltered look into our struggles, triumphs, and lessons learned along the way. It's all part of the journey, and we hope to inspire you to take the leap in creating your own dream businesses. And we'll be right there to take the leap with you. Let's get started. All right, so this is our first episode. We're doing a podcast. Yeah, we sure are. Episode <laughs> one. So, Julia, what are we going over today? Well, since this is our first episode, uh, we thought that we would just tell our audience, tell everyone who's joining us, why we're actually doing this. What is our why? Because usually when starting a business, whatever your business is, you have to know what your why is, that big underlying statement that propels you forward, your big passion for why you're doing what you're doing. So, so this is our why. This is our why episode. That's a great first episode. So let's see, what is my why? My why for starting my own practice. I'll start even before that. So my why of becoming a physical therapist started because I grew up playing competitive soccer. And in between my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college, I tore my ACL. And I had to go to physical therapy. And that was the first time where I was like, what is this profession? And I was really into sports and academics. And this is the first career where I was like, I think this, this career actually puts both of those things together. And so I got inspired where I thought, you know, I think I could do this and I think I could do it really well, actually. And so I started this journey of becoming a physical therapist. And more to my story is I actually retore my ACL. So I've had four ACL surgeries to the same knee. I didn't even know this. Yeah. And so I remember feeling really low at the time because you had these doubts about yourself. And for me, I was really into soccer. I, uh, I really wanted to play in college. And I kept wondering why I kept re-tearing my ACL. And my surgeon couldn't tell me, the physical therapist I couldn't tell me. And I felt really alone. And so I remember having to do your own research or doing my own research. I finally found a physical therapist uh, that worked with soccer players. And that was one of the biggest, biggest lessons I learned was you're responsible for your own health. So you have to take the steps to make sure you're uh, working with the right people and you find the right care that you need. And so when I got to working with her, it was a completely different experience where she had me doing more functional stuff, uh, running, cutting, juggling a soccer ball, kicking a soccer ball, playing soccer. That, those are all things that were part of my rehab that I had been missing out on. Uh, prior to that, it was all this traditional, just like strength. You just need strength. And I got strength. That's, that's the thing that was the most surprising to me because my left leg or my left knee was stronger than my right. And my left one was my, my surgically repaired one. So if I was getting stronger in my left knee, why was it re-tearing all the time? And so when I finally got to PT school, that's the question that I wanted to solve because for me, I, so there is a happy ending to that rehab. I changed the surgeon, I changed my surgeon, changed my physical therapy, 
And it was a completely different experience. And I thought, how come this isn't the first option that I had? How come I had to like figure this out or sift through all this stuff to find this? And how come there's not this seamless gap between finishing physical therapy and playing your sport? And so that's what I wanted to, to contribute to is, you know, I want for those that I work with or athletes in general, when they get done with physical therapy, I want them to not feel like they're not ready for their sport. And so through physical therapy school, that's the question I kept trying to answer is like, okay, why, why did I kept re-tearing my ACL, keep re-tearing my ACL and what's the proper answer or what's the solution? And my biggest surprise was you don't learn that in PT school. Mm, in, my yeah. pro- in my program, we actually didn't learn a whole lot how to treat. We learned how to diagnose. And that was, and that was the main part, like special tests, diagnosis, you know, different kinds of injuries and syndromes. But when it came to actually rehabbing an injury or walking someone through the rehab process, we didn't learn that. But we had one class that really changed the way I thought about things. And so the class is called Abnormal Gait. And that's just a funny way of us physical therapists saying, you walk funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> a way to walk funny. And so these, this class is taught by two brothers and they own uh, a, a chain of physical therapy clinics now called Rehab United. So it's Sean and Brian Hill. Of which we are both fans. We are both fans of Rehab United. That's right. They should sponsor this podcast. Rehab they United, should. if you're listening. <laughs> Shout out to Arturo Valle. He was my clinical instructor and I consider him a mentor. So hey. definitely a great uh, company, great people, um, super supportive. But they were teaching this class and to be honest, my initial impression was I thought it was full of crap because they're making up words like most ability or econcentric, where they're just like putting two ideas together. And then they would ask certain questions like, can your hips cause your back pain? And I was like, sure. I, I mean, I could see that close. And then they would say, can your knee cause, cause your back pain? And I was like, I don't know. And then they said, can your ankle cause your back pain? And I was like, I don't, no way, dude. It's like way too far. And so I remember being very resistant to what they were teaching and their ideas. But I remember Sean, he held open labs on Fridays where you could go in and we had to do a capstone project where we, we treat uh like a client or a patient, um, just some friend that you that had an injury they wanted to work over, get over. And so I remember going in on Fridays and regardless of the way he was describing it with, his, with these words that were made up, I could noticeably tell a huge difference from the beginning to the end. So in that hour, that patient that we were working on made significant improvements And I could just notice that they walked a lot better after the treatment. So that was the point where I was like, okay, I don't understand what this is and I don't really even believe it, but I know that it works. And so if it works, I need to learn it because it's clearly helping patients. 
And, uh, and that's, that's why I became a physical therapist is to make sure that all the patients that I work with don't have to go through all the extreme rehab and surgery measures that I had to go through. And so I went through the fellowship program and that's what initially got me thinking about, okay, why does an ACL tear in the first place? And why, why is it susceptible versus let's say like a PCL? And, uh, and so they started talking about movement and how, what is considered functional and function is defined by, you know, real life activities that you're doing. So if you're falling into this mindset of, let's say with a squat, you know, your feet have to be shoulder width apart, pointing straight forward, knees never go past the toes. And when you really look at how people live their lives, that rarely happens. As, as a matter of fact, it only happens when you're squatting with like traditional weightlifting. And so going through the program, uh, and it was at the time taught by Gary Gray and, and Dave Tiberio, um, they really got me to question the way that I did things and thought about doing things. And so uh, what I realized is for me personally, to figure out how intelligent someone is, I don't think that's done by their degree or let's say what certifications or an IQ score or any kind of metric that you can measure like that. To me, I can tell how intelligent someone is by the questions that they ask. And, that, and it's instilled by them because they're not saying what they're, what they're teaching is right or wrong. They're saying, these are the questions we ask to get to this, uh, this point, but it's constantly changing because they're constantly asking new questions. And that's how I know that a course or a program is worth it is because it's constantly changing, right? Like no one is ever gonna have all the answers in one singular point in time. It's working with those who understand that things are constantly evolving and so uh, that's kind of where I found the answer, or at least the start of the answer of why did my ACL keep re-tearing? Well, it wasn't because I lacked strength. It was because no one had ever thought to address the way I was moving. And so that was how I started in, be in becoming a PT. And that's the message that I stand for when starting my own practice. And then this past summer in 2020, I was part of a mastermind and that's where I met Julia. Yeah, and it was so, the best moment of your life, I know. <laughs> it was, it's up there, it's up there. Uh, definitely wasn't expected, but then uh, you threw out the idea of, hey, you know, we're along the same lines, similar parts of our journeys of, you know, newly starting our own practices and learning the lives of uh, entrepreneurs yeah. or solopreneurs. And uh, ultimately I thought it was a, a cool thing to try to, to catalog our, our own journeys, but we're doing kind of the same thing. So uh, before we get into that, what's your why? How did you get started in becoming a physical therapist and wanting to change into starting your own practice versus working for somebody else? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my, my story, it's, it's a little different. There are a lot of PTs that have stories of, 
you know, I had this injury and I went to physical therapy and they helped me and I was inspired to help others and be a PT in that respect. And for me, like my whole life was physical therapy since the day I was born. My mom was a PT. She was a PT for 35 years. When she first started her practice, it was in the dining room of the farmhouse that we were living in, in very rural central Pennsylvania. So like after dinner, we had to clean the table. My mom had to roll all of her stuff in and my mom was doing therapy for the next two hours. And then when my mom moved to her own private practice, it was literally a mile down the road from where I grew up. So my younger brother and I grew up in my mom's clinic, got on and off the bus for elementary and middle school there. And it was, it was just phenomenal. Like I wanted to do exactly what my mom did because my mom never worked a day in her life. She just went to her clinic and she had fun. She played. And my mom had this really great, um, she was essentially known as the PT that other PTs from surrounding areas would send their patients to when they didn't know how to progress them anymore, or they didn't know how to manage these diagnoses, or they had no idea what was going on with these patients. So my mom had this reputation for treating patients who weren't getting better, who were quote unquote, tough to treat, tough to figure out. And my mom had amazing results because she actually listened to her patients and clients. And she had this amazing gift of creating rapport and turning everything into a game where they didn't even realize they were doing therapy. And when you have patients and clients that are engaged in what they are doing and you get more senses into the mix, you're able to, to increase, uh, increase the value that you're providing and, and really provide excellent care. So that's, that's essentially why I wanted to be a PT. Uh, there was a brief moment in college where I was like, maybe I don't want to be a PT. Maybe I just want to do it because my mom did it. And I was an anthropology major for one week. But other than that, it's, PT was always the, always the goal for me. Um, and it was interesting because then when, you know, my dreams started becoming realized, I got into PT school. I went to Chatham University in Pittsburgh um, and I started doing clinical rotations. I started realizing that, or I guess starting to fear that the brand of PT that my mom had done, that I was accustomed to and that I wanted to follow in her footsteps, that perhaps that brand of PT didn't exist anymore. And I started thinking this because I was on clinical rotations with PTs who really were not enjoying their jobs. They were overworked, they were underpaid, they knew that they weren't able to provide quality care to their patients because maybe they were seeing three to four at the same time every hour and they just felt burnt out. They were working within a system that didn't allow them to essentially be the PTs that they could be. There were ceilings and I didn't wanna live with ceilings. Um, so a little bit of a long story, but uh, through a series of somewhat unfortunate events that turned into a great opportunity, a very fortunate event, I met Kevin DeGroot who uh, also has ties with Rehab United, uh, which is fun. Woo -woo. Everything comes full circle. <laughs> Some more name dropping, definitely. Um, and Kevin at the time, he, uh, he was starting his own practice in Denver, Colorado, working almost exclusively with triathletes. I was the uh, only student he ever took. Uh, he actually took me in when one of my clinicals totally fell through. Uh, so he took a huge chance on me. And at that time, I was really considering perhaps dropping out of PT school just because of the PTs that I had been shadowing. None of them loved their jobs. And I was like, why do I want to go into a profession 
where I run the risk of hating my life and not enjoying my career and not feeling that I'm able to provide quality patient care to the people that are entrusting their care with me. And I was like, maybe PT isn't for me. Maybe I need to look into something else because the brand of PT that my mom was doing, maybe it doesn't exist. And then I met Kevin and he was starting his own practice. And I told him all of my fears and doubts. And he was like, no, like you need to be a PT, but you need to be a PT that goes against the grain. You're, you're not going to work for the system. You're going to change the system. And I was like, what? Like, this is possible. We can, we can change the system. We don't have to to operate uh, with these ceilings that we can actually work for patients again, instead of insurance companies, that we can provide quality care, that we can live a life of fulfillment and alignment and actually enjoy what we do. And Kevin's answer to all that was yes, yes, yes. And he'll, he was like, I'll show you how, because that's what I'm doing in my practice right now. Um, and it was the first time that I had worked with a PT that essentially was, was working like my mom used to work. And it's like, okay, this brand of PT has not died. It is still alive, it's thriving. And this is actually essentially the grassroots effort of what may change our healthcare system for the better. So once I found out there was a new way to be a PT, I was like, yes, I'm, I'm going to realize my dream of being a PT and I'm not gonna be a PT that you know gets burnt out after five years or hates their job. Um, or doesn't feel fulfilled in their work because they're not able to show up for their patients. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a better PT than that. And that essentially is what led me into entrepreneurship and having my own business because I wanted that freedom to, to operate as a PT in the way that I wanted to and a way that I thought better served my patients. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> excellent to hear. So on that yeah. note, What's the purpose of this podcast? Why are we even doing it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was amazing when you and I met during a summer mastermind. So this was through Smart Success Healthcare. I feel like we're just name dropping everything. So Yo, Greg get Todd. It all out. <laughs> Shout out Greg Todd. Hey, Greg Todd. Yeah. So, so we met at a three-month-long summer mastermind. It was all virtual. Um, man, I feel like we could name drop everyone. Josh Payne was there. David Dude. Bailiff was there. We're just going to hey, Captain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kaylee Zimmerman. Shout out to Kaylee. Yeah. But, PT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so it was amazing because we met up and essentially it was us and like 80 other clinicians, not just PTs, but OTs, um, like NPs, dietitians just a bunch of people who all had the same heartbeat. We wanted to transform healthcare. We wanted to do, we wanted to deliver healthcare in a different way. We wanted to work for patients and clients again um, and essentially live and work without ceilings on our lives. Um, so that was amazing because uh, you and I were both there and we were being stretched and growing so much. And we realized um, that we were both kind of on the same path where we were both, we had both done concierge physical therapy. So I was actually operating as a concierge pelvic health PT in Chattanooga, Tennessee at the same time that, I mean, you're running your concierge business in Austin, Texas. So essentially we were doing the same things and we were also in the process of starting online businesses. And then as we got to talking, we realized, oh my gosh, we both have dreams and passions of opening brick and mortar practices. So like we're doing the same things. And um, I think it was kind of the same for both of us, but 
the reason we were in the summer mastermind is because we needed a path. Like we needed guidance. We wanted support and community of other like-minded individuals who were doing the same thing. And um, we found that it was really cool that we found almost like a deeper level of that and concentrated level of that, um, like with each other in our friendship. So that was exciting. So we started talking about like, hey, you know, like we, we needed this. We were searching for this, for guidance to kind of follow along people's paths who are going into the journey of opening online businesses, brick and mortar practices, mobile practices. And uh, we're like, you know, we're looking for these resources. No one's really doing a podcast on this. If, it, if they were, we would be listening to it because we're looking for that. So it's like, all right, there's a need. Let's fill it. Maybe we're the ones to start a podcast about entrepreneurship in healthcare and uh, a new way to do things and, and a new way to do things from a millennials uh, kind of point of view. Because a lot of things that have worked in the past as far as starting a business, uh, things are different now, especially since 2020. Absolutely. And on that note, I just would like to say shout out to SSHC and the whole Greg Todd team. Uh, <laughs> that summer program changed who I was. I could noticeably tell that I was a different person when I started than when I finished. Now, does that mean that everything is all figured out and nice and sparkly? Absolutely not. Really, when I went through the program, they just said, this is what you need to do to work. And anytime you have more time, guess what you have to do? more work. So there's no shortcuts, uh, but it is about being around the right type of people. And that little ecosystem of the SSHC, uh, there's wonderful individuals who run it and are part of it. So if you have the opportunity, I would suggest it. Uh, however, don't just think that because you join it, that things are going to be perfect all of a sudden. Like it just means you have to put in a lot of work that you didn't realize you had to do. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, Not like and, done for you services. You got to put in all the work. And the exactly. biggest part is like that mindset shift too. That's what stands in, you know, every entrepreneur's path. It's like getting out of your own way so you can actually do the things that you're capable of. Exactly. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so this podcast, this came up because we don't have the answers. We're not claiming to have all the answers, but what we do have is taking action. And I think that's the most important thing uh, that I learned. If not, it's definitely top three, where imperfect action beats perfect inaction every time. Amen. And, and so for us, what we've done is we've taken the action. We've taken that leap. And so uh, this podcast is just cataloging our own journeys but what we hope to do is inspire y'all to take the leap in doing it for yourselves. I think it can be very scary, especially when you're first starting. There's a lot of doubts that you have. Um, at least I did when I first was thinking about it. But when you take the leap, there's something liberating about it. And I think I read a book called The Alchemist, where in the book, they say, once you, once you commit to taking that next step, you only have to worry about the best way moving forward. Yeah. And oh man, I second that book recommendation 
Alchemist, if you haven't read it, you gotta get your hands on that book. And so, yeah, that great book, especially if you're thinking about starting, uh, you follow his journey and it speaks to you. But in terms of this podcast, what we hope to do is inspire y'all to take the leap, but also we would love to hear more from you. If you've taken the leap, if you're on a similar path that we are, we're just trying to create somewhat of community so that we can all support and grow together. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, just just what you said, Q. I mean, we've taken the leap. We've taken hundreds of leaps, I feel like, in the past summer. Um, and it really is. It's so liberating. And I guess kind of our party message is that, you know, you can, you can do anything that you want to do. You can live the life that you imagined. And if you're feeling burnt out or you're feeling stuck or like you're on a spinning hamster wheel, this doesn't have to be a part of your story. But in order to get off that wheel, it takes it takes a little bit of bravery and it takes a leap. But once you take that leap, I mean, I fully believe that the universe kind of conspires in your favor and will just, you know, help you live that life of alignment. So we're here um, as resources, as fellow entrepreneurs in the mix, you know, walking along this path beside you. Uh, we want to go through your journey with you and, you know, share our own our own journey along with, you know, we'll be super candid <laughs> along with all of our struggles and our wins. We'll celebrate our wins too. Um, but yeah, that's essentially what we're doing here. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Unpaved Path to 100K podcast. We'd love to hear about your healthcare business journeys, listen to your struggles and celebrate your wins. Send us a message at unpavedpathpodcast at gmail.com. Interested in learning more about pelvic health or rock climbing rehab? Find us in our Facebook groups. You can connect with me, Julia, at Pelvic Health Kickstarters. And if you want to connect with me, too, you can find me at Injury Prevention for Climbers. If you love this podcast, make sure you subscribe and share it with other aspiring healthcare business owners. See you next time.